0: What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing out there? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, whatever time it is. This is TJ with another episode of The Soapbox, and I want to tell you guys just how excited I am for us to be able to move into another time together. I can't wait for us to tackle new knowledge and new information this year as we move forward on our journey to enlightenment. So with no further ado, let's jump into the episode. All right. First off, happy new year to everybody out there that's listening to the podcast. I want to tell you guys that I feel so good to be able to talk to you guys in a new year. And I honestly just want to take this moment for us to reflect on the fact of what all we came through to get to this point, what all we've been through. I'm pretty sure there's nobody listening that would argue with me on the point of 2020 being a very, very challenging challenging year. Now you might look at it from the perspective of the coronavirus. You may look at it from the perspective of the social justice movement. You may look at it from the perspective of the political turmoil that we had going on all year long. But no matter what framework you design 2020 in, you have to agree. You have to acknowledge 100% that 2020 was one of the most challenging years that we have seen recently. And it just, fills my heart to know that not only did we make it through but we're also going to push into this year strong, stronger than we were last year, stronger than we were years before and we're going to face any challenge that comes our way because we are Americans and we can accomplish anything that anybody puts in front of us. All we have to do is hold strong to the fundamental aspects that found the idea of this country and make sure that us as individuals Keep the faith, stay strong, and there's nothing that we can't endure. So my hats off to all of you guys that are listening that endured the same year that I did. And I thank you so much for the support that you guys gave to the episodes and the podcast and everything that we've got surrounding the movement that we have going on from the Soapbox's direction. So I told you guys for this season of the Soapbox, the last thing that I was going to present to you guys was the leadership series. And that's what we're actually going to start on today. But this is more of an introductory episode to the leadership episode. Now, unlike any other series that we've done, with the soapbox. The leadership series is actually going to span about 21, 22 weeks. And the reason why is because the leadership series is going to be centered around some other literature writings that I've studied and that are floating around that you can get your hands on to study leadership yourself. Now, there are going to be multiple different pieces of writings and commentary and literature that I'm going to reference. But the core of the leadership series is going to be based off of a book called the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. I'm going to say that again, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. I would recommend that you guys go out and get that book. Um, there are tons of ways for you to achieve it. I'm sure some of you are extremely intelligent, so you can figure out a way to get that book. There's also summaries out there that you can get your hands on that will allow you to be able to sort of follow along as as the episodes go read the chapters and everything that go along with studying the knowledge now this book was written by a man named John maxwell now maxwell is what I would consider a phenomenal source of information in leadership I don't know the man personally I've never met him as a matter of fact the only thing that I've done is watched a ton of his YouTube videos and other videos that he has available as well as has read quite a few of his books so i would encourage anyone who is leading anybody to invest in the knowledge base that john maxwell has and he's willing to offer it's my understanding that he also has avenues where he will come and do seminars for you and all kinds of things so if you are definitely interested in growing a leadership group then i would suggest that you invest time in john maxwell's well of knowledge whether it be books videos or whatever the case may be now of course just like any other portion of the soapbox all of the information that i present to you guys is not going to be based solely off of literature and quotes and commentary and summaries and things of that sort a lot of the information that i'm going to be giving to you guys from this perspective will also come from personal experiences myself um my career in leadership has spanned for years as a very very young boy i was actually directly involved in leading individuals inside of the cult that i was in so some of these same elements worked inside of that situation simply because there was a requirement to gain the attention and the direction of the individuals that you were dealing with now of course that was a much more strenuous situation and the consequences for not following the rules were very severe. So, there was a little more incentive to make sure that you listened to your leaders in that situation. However, since then, I have had numerous opportunities to grow my leadership qualities and to allow the leadership skills that I've gained along the way to be used. I have been a leader at my employment for years now. Um my first leadership role was as a sergeant where I was given a small unit of individuals to lead. Um, I was also promoted numerous times, and at the present moment, I lead a large body of staff members for many different shifts, all doing different operations. And that in itself carries a large well of leadership information right along with. I am a part of a special team where I hold a pretty decent rank there, and in that group, I have been in charge of leading hundreds of people at one particular time with specific missions. And those things help to understand the dynamic of the different leadership roles that you could face. So those are just two things in my bucket, but there are quite a few things that I am involved in as a leader. And as we progress throughout the leadership series, you'll hear some stories and you'll hear some situations, some good choices I made and some bad choices I made. And you'll get to see and critique those things as we go so there are a couple things that we have to cover in this episode before you are prepared to go to the next one the first one is leadership misconception and the second one is leadership prerequisite now there's a whole section that i have on misconceptions but there's one misconception that i have to talk about separate from the others and that misconception is that leaders just show up Ladies and gentlemen, let me make something absolutely clear to you. People may be born with leadership quality, but there is no such thing as a natural born leader. That concept is a total misconception. Nobody comes out of the womb ready to lead. Every single leader has to be grown and developed through experiences, through trials, through situations, through knowledge, through tutoring. There has to be a process to get a person to where they are prepared to lead a group of people. There's another thing that you need to understand. One of the most important things that you need to understand is that leaders are developed and they're made for the times. One of the greatest quotes that I hold strong to is the quote that says, there are no extraordinary men, only men in extraordinary situations. And that's how leaders develop. Situations call leaders events find leaders when you have a mass incident you find leaders charging to the issue sometimes people find themselves in situations they didn't even ask to be in and in the midst of that they grow into leaders that we need and that's very important my best friend in the whole wide world always said that necessity is the author of invention sometimes situations will present themselves where there is a necessity for somebody to raise up and become something more than everything else that's going on so that they can fix those situations or solve those situations that is the leadership model that is birthed but we are talking about that and more in this process so the first thing that we want to talk about the very first misconception past what we've just spoke about is the misconception that ties. Makes the leader. Ladies and gentlemen, we use a lot of titles inside of business. A lot of different things that describe those individuals who seem to be in charge. But understand that there are dynamics that exist inside of the framework of the thought process of each one of those titles. For instance, some people may hold the title of supervisor. But if you really pay attention to that word, the substance of it, it simply means to uphold obligations, to enforce the role. Of the people that are subordinate. So, really, in all honesty, a supervisor. It's just an enforcer Somebody that is going to stand over you Or stand around you And ensure that you are doing What it is that you're supposed to do Now by all means Of course we need that In every walk of life Whether it's personal or business So nevertheless Supervisors are a necessity But you know the framework of a supervisor Can graduate And that individual can graduate Into what we call manager Now a manager is a little more flexible Somebody who is at a manager Level within themselves, not the title that somebody gave them, but within themselves, is a little more flexible in their operation. But a manager controls the situation. And also, a manager authors the elements of a situation's efficiency. So when you talk about being a manager, you're talking about stepping outside of the boundary of just making sure that people do what it is that they say that they're supposed to do. You step outside of the boundary of of enforcing the rules and making sure that the rules go the way that they're supposed to go. But as a manager, you step into the role of creating that environment, creating the substance that's supposed to be the guideline for how people do things. You develop the relationship between subordinate and supervisor. You author the framework that is a person's operation. But a manager can graduate again. And then we move into what we're calling leadership. Becoming a leader is so much more than being a manager or being a supervisor. Becoming a leader implies movement, growth. Leadership in itself simply suggests that you are taking people from one place to another. So ultimately, the role of a leader is the role of a grower. You are growing your constituency. You are growing your subordinates. You are growing your operation. That's what a leader does. You see, every other title is very stationary. Think about it. Supervisor is very stationary. Manager is very stationary. A leader is moving. That's movement in words. That's why you can have individuals in every single walk of life that call themselves leaders, but they are not. Prime example. Let's take a school, for instance. Prime example you could have a school teacher who goes to work every day. But if he is not growing his students, then he's not leading them. He may be supervising their actions inside the class. He may be managing the class's operation, but he's not leading them from one place to another. You may have a store manager who calls himself a leader. But if he's simply supervising the staff member, he's no leader. If he's simply managing the store operations Hours, managing the store's operation, then he's no leader. But if he's growing his surrounding, growing the people that work with him, growing his subordinates, then he is a leader, and that's the difference. You have people who show up on Sunday morning and preach to a congregation. Some of them have no vested interest in the growth of their congregation. Those pastors aren't leaders. They're simply focused on supervising a flock, managing a building, and continuing to fill and flood their walls with people instead of growing people to the point where they have the ability to go out and be fruitful. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the difference in a leader and all the other titles that connect with that word. There are so many people out there that work at businesses that sit inside of what they call leadership meetings. Many of the individuals who sit in these meetings are not leaders they may be managers, they may be supervisors but they have no intention of taking whatever it is that they are a part of to a higher or different level now the second misconception that so many people fall victim of is that the most knowledgeable person is the best to lead now let me make this absolutely clear to you guys it is vitally important that a leader understands the craft that they're leading That's very important. That's essential. But mastery over a subject matter is not always the greatest quality to suggest leadership. Many times we have to stress to people that it's not always about how much you know, but a large portion is about how you flow. You see, people will be a lot less lenient on a know-it-all who wants to shine and showboat all the time, how much they know, how much they can do, but spends little time. To no time investing in connecting with their individuals that they work with or that they supervise. However, people will be much more lenient on an individual who doesn't quite know everything, but they're willing and able to develop relationships with those around them and begin to dig into what it is that this person needs to grow to the next level. See, Maxwell talks about this quality in one of the laws, and he stresses to his is reader that it is vitally important to understand that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care that in itself is vitally important so we can't just sit around and think to ourselves that the individual that seems to know more about what we're doing is the person who should be leading everybody because there are other qualities that have to go along with leadership now the third misconception is that leadership or the leader should depend on longevity ladies and gentlemen i want to stress this to you because i see it abused so many times picking a leader should never be contingent on time or length of service alone yes that should be an element that is considered but it should never be the most important element in picking a person ladies and gentlemen i want to make something very clear and i know i might step on a few toes when i say this because i hear it all the time but understand age and time are simply tools that measure potential they are not the end all be all so please stop making statements like i've been around for a while or when you get to my age you'll understand no either what you're saying is right because it's right or it's not so stop trying to use the fact that you've lived for a long time to suggest that you understand or know what you're talking about. I know plenty of people who have lived for a long time that don't know a single thing about a lot of the subject matter that I talk about. And the sad part about it is they live through it. When I talk about racial issues and segregation, Jim Crow, redlining, and things of that sort, you know how many people come back to me the week after and they say, man, I didn't know anything about that. Some of them are... Are individuals who were born during this time some of them are individuals who lived through these events as a matter of fact some of the events took place in areas where some of these people were from So don't tell me that because you have managed to live or work at a location for a long time that you deserve anything beyond expectation. Oh yeah, you deserve that. If I've met a person who has lived on this earth for 30, 40, 50 plus years, you deserve my expectation of you to act like you got some sense. If I meet a person who's been on a job For 20 years, 30 years. Oh, yeah, best believe I'm gonna expect you to know what you're doing. But you know how many people I run into on a regular basis who have been on jobs for long times and still don't know the job, still don't know what they're doing, still need somebody to lead them, to guide them, to direct them. So don't ever put yourself in a position where you feel like simply because you have a number that you have arrived, because that is very false. See, those numbers only mean that you've had that amount of time to gain wisdom and knowledge from the understanding of situations and experiences. But that doesn't mean that you did anything with that time. You could have very well went through 10 years of life and not learned anything. Not tried. Not experienced anything. Now is living long and working on a job for a long time an accomplishment? Yes it is. But let me ask you this question. How accomplished is a person who's lived in a bubble for 100 years? How accomplished as a person that's worked at any job For 40 years But never engaged the real threats of the job The issues of the job just kind of shied away and just rolled it out. How accomplished is that? See, it's important that we weigh things evenly. I tell people all the time that you need to look at statistics carefully when you talk about stuff like this, because sometimes things can be weighed very unevenly. And then there is always the factor that a person could do something the wrong way for a long time and never know the difference. So remember that you should never weigh leadership or a leader based solely off of time and time alone now the fourth misconception that we have to make sure we clear up is the understanding or the thought process that i have to be a master at leadership before i can lead. ladies and gentlemen listen to me and listen to me closely none of us are masters at anything listen there are people out there right now that have master's degree that are still learning the subject matter that they have the master's in there are doctors out there right now who have graduated from some of the most elite schools in the country and out of the country and they will tell you themselves that they learn new things almost every day there are judges and lawyers that are in courtrooms trying cases over and over again and each day there are little nuances that they pick up from time to time you are not obligated to be a master at anything before you can be a true leader because ultimately Ultimately, your true effort of mastery should be yourself. Mastery of what you know and how to apply it. Mastery of the ability to continue to seek more. Information. Those are vitally important. So now we've discussed the misconception of leadership, but we need to talk about the prerequisites of leadership because there are so many people that want to lead, but they're not prepared. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go through some type of elaborate course, although that helps, but there are a lot of people that still haven't prepared themselves individually and internally to be a leader. So the first prerequisite for being a good leader is you have to be a good Follow. I know so many people right now that cannot follow direction. They don't want to listen to you. They don't want to listen to the next person. They are constantly fighting against, rebelling against. It is just absolutely torture, like pulling teeth, trying to get them to go from point A to point B, the way that you are showing them or the way that you are telling them. That individual does not need to graduate to lead anyone because first off, they have not grasped the understanding of what they need to look for in a good follower. How can you give somebody something that you don't have? If you don't know how to be a follower and follow directions, how can you train other people to be followers? You can't, you didn't have it and you don't understand it. And I'll tell you this, there are so many different businesses, organizations, situations where people get promoted to leadership roles before they understand this particular quality i have a lot of military friends i also have a lot of friends that work for different police departments all of them will tell you the same thing they are drilled into being good followers before they even think about moving up the ladder it is vitally important that before you seek leadership before you promote a leader that there is a clear understanding of what it means to be a good follower. The second prerequisite is a big one. And what it is is you need to remain humble and never believe your own legend. That's vitally important because constituency, subordinates and coworkers never need to see you as arrogant or conceited. Your focus should be on the betterment of whatever it is that you are involved in. That means that you're going to have to slice away certain levels that you may not have had to do if you were not a leader. One of those is bias. And that means towards yourself. You can't be self-centered or self-focusing or self-righteous. As a matter of fact, all of the words that start with self, you need to knock those out of the way because your actions don't need to be about you. You need to be about the group, about the team, about the unit about the company. You need to make yourself a available tool so that you can be a part of the overall success. And that may mean that you aren't always the spotlight. That may mean that you aren't always the one getting praised, getting accolades. You're not always the one that they're talking about at the meetings. You're not always the one getting the rewards. You may end up being somebody that gets looked over quite a few times but you have to be humble because humility breeds humility you want your constituency to be humble you want your coworkers to be humble you want your subordinates to be humble because a leader doesn't want to grow arrogant leaders and that's one thing that you want to make sure that you understand your subordinates will be a byproduct of whatever it is that you feed into them. So if they see you arrogant every day, they're going to be arrogant. If they see you arguing every day, they're going to argue. If they see you constantly driven with drama and conflict, that's what they're going to do too. So you want to be mindful of that. Now, this next one is a huge one and I see it all the time. And as a matter of fact, we're seeing it right now in many of the organizations and sports world that we deal with each and every day. But number three is prioritize your value. Never think that you're bigger than the event, the team, the unit or the situation. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is something that I need you to stress in your minds. And I wish people would stress this to their children and to the young adults of the world. You are all important. But when it comes to business, situations, events, and so forth and so on, you are just another person. The talent pool that they found you in, they can find someone else. That's why you have to prioritize your value. You have to build your brand. But you don't come to an organization as someone or something that is essential. They can do without you. And if you approach a situation where you become a part of a team and you begin to deal with the idea that this thing can't work without me, that I am the cornerstone, I am the cog that makes this whole thing run. And without me, they are nothing. You are walking yourself down a hole that you will not get out of because the world doesn't need you. Businesses don't need you. Organizations don't need you. Sure, they'll use you. And if you present them with adequate value, then they will find you valuable and they will invest in keeping you. But make no mistake about it. You are expendable. They can find another you. To be honest with you, they can find a better you, which is why your situation should always be one of constant growth and constant evolution in whatever it is that you're doing. But what demonstrates this issue so clearly is what's going on right now with the Washington football team. Now, many of you that listen to the podcast may not be sports fans. And the truth of the matter is, I don't even know all the details Of this young man's situation. I don't know the young man. I've never met him a day in my life. But if I were to build a persona of this young man based off of everything that I've heard about him in the last two weeks, I would have to say that this young man has fallen victim to not prioritizing his values. This young man believed that he. Was bigger than the situation. Now, the person that I'm talking about is the ex quarterback of the Washington football team known as Dwayne Haskins. Now, Mr. Haskins was a first round draft pick. There were a lot of really, really high expectations of Mr. Haskins when it came down to his play on the field. But there were reports that Mr. Haskins was showing up to practice late, going to team meetings and falling asleep during the meetings. As a matter of fact, there were all kinds of reports about Haskins play. Now, what makes this situation worse is that not only did the Washington football team cut ties with Haskins, but they did it the week before one of the most important games that they were going to play In this entire football season, let me explain something to you guys. Do you know how much of a problem you have to be for you to be the most important piece of the puzzle of any team? And they release you the week before the most important game that they could play the entire season. Do you know how big of a problem you are? And that's what I'm saying to everybody that's listening and you should echo this to those who listen to you don't be an issue definitely don't be an issue because you feel like you are so high and mighty people can do without you so before you become this arrogant pompous leader that feels like the whole business can only run if you are in operation stop for a moment and realize that you're just not that important to the operation. Now, number four is be goal-oriented. I know so many people right now, and it is so sad. Grown people. People who have lived and experienced and fallen right in the category that I talked about earlier. That have absolutely no goals whatsoever. No plans. They just wake up in the morning and live the day by the seat of their pants. Whatever shows up, however it goes, is how it goes. And and that's how they are. Now, if you want to live your life like that, by all means, go ahead. But you're not going to be any kind of a good leader if you lead like that. You need to have goal, You need to have an end game. When you go in front of your people, you need to have direction, a pathway, because your subordinates are not looking for you to be just as out of the loop as they are. They're looking for you to have a plan. Even if you don't like the situation that's presented to you, your subordinate staff are looking for you to have a way. You can't be this type of person that just operates off of sheer emotion. Whatever way the wind blows, however I feel at the moment is the decision that I make. If you're that person, you don't need to lead anybody. In all honesty, you really don't need to lead yourself. You need to get under somebody and follow them. But there are a lot of leaders out there right now, a lot of people in managerial roles and supervisory roles that have no plan whatsoever, no direction, nothing. And that's a sad way to be. Now, number five is one that I have stressed before. People need to understand this clearly. Success is not given. It is earned. You may have all the qualities that it takes to be a good leader. You may have the backing of tons of people. You may be in the perfect position to accomplish a lot of things. But if you don't have any drive, if you don't have any fire, if you don't have anything inside of you that pushes you to move forward towards gaining success, you will not be a good leader. And you and your team will stay stagnated in one spot for your entire tenure in your position. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something there is not a day that goes by that I don't get up with the goal of accomplishing something. I make it my priority to gain success after success every single day I wake up and it may not even be big battles. It may be small battles, but I am going to be, but I have made the decision that I will be a daily success both in my job and in everything else that I have chosen to be a part of. You have to have that type of approach to being a leader because you are growing subordinates. You are growing leaders. They need to see that you are driving towards a success so that they drive towards a success. If they see you every day and you don't have any type of clue of what success looks like, then they're not going to have any idea of it either. So you have to make sure that that is a vital part of your day-to-day operation. And then finally, know your limit. Everybody is not made to do everything. In prison, there's a saying that the uh, offenders always say about people that want to be everywhere. And they tell them, you're trying to be on every set. The term means you're trying to do it all. You're trying to be everywhere. You're not built to be everywhere. You have a certain set of skills, a certain set of talents. You can pick up other skills and talents, but for the most part, you need to identify what it is that you are good at and do that. Don't be the fool to obligate yourself to something that you know you don't have the ability to do. I've said this a million times on these podcasts. I can't draw. I know I can't draw. If anybody comes to me and asks me to draw them a picture, I send them somewhere else. I tell them out the gate. I can only draw stick figures and the lines aren't even straight. I know my limitations. What has given me the ability to grow my strengths is the fact that I accept that I'm not good at everything. And those things that I am not good at, I don't bother them. I don't go towards them. I don't try to tinker with them. Now, if I find interest in something and I find out that I am not good at it, then that means I have to make one of two decisions. Either I'm going to leave it alone or I'm going to attempt to become better at it. But ultimately, those things that I am not good at, I leave them alone. I stay away from them. There is no shame in a person recognizing what they are able to do and what they are not. There's no shame in that. I am five foot seven. I know I can't play ball in the NBA. I'm nowhere near the height, nor do I have the skill to go out there and call myself an NBA player. So what sense in the world would it make for me to make the decision today that I am going to go out and pursue a career in the NBA? That makes no sense, but people are doing it all the time. And I'm going to tell you who's the worst perpetrator in these situations, your family. You know why? Because your family refuses to be honest with you about your limitations. They don't tell you that you can't do this and you can't do that. They just let you do it and look like a fool. And then after that, they comfort you and console you and call the world mean and ugly and nasty. But the truth of the matter is you weren't prepared. It was outside of your framework. So you have to accept that into yourself. If you're not good at something, but you want to do it, learn how to do it better or leave it alone. But don't get out there leading people. In some area that you know you're not good at. And then you mess around and make a mess. And now you're looking around for comfort. Because in some scenarios, that very thing could cost people their lives. So, we understand our prerequisites. Be a good follower. Be humble. Prioritize your value. Know that you're not bigger than the situation or the team. Be goal-oriented. Have a plan. Understand that you have to gain success. It has to be achieved. It is not going to be given to you. And know your limits. If we follow those prerequisites, we can all be good leaders. And in the weeks to come, we are going to explore this concept in depth. Well, that's all I got for you guys this week. I went a little long today because I wanted to make sure that we got all of this material out so that next week we can start fresh on the first irrefutable law that Mr. Maxwell has presented to us. It's been great talking to you guys. I love you so much. My soapboxers. keep tuning in. I'll have more and more information for you as we move forward in this brand new year. Again, I love you. Stay strong.